going to pray. Tonight I'm, on, I'm preaching on a completely different message than was, uh, I just couldn't get peace about that message, uh, law versus grace message, though uh, I wanted to do it, felt like I should do it, and I will do it down the road, Lord willing, when he gives me an opening to do it. Tonight I'm going to preach on a message that I brand new to me, uh, but not new text, not new text. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 16 is a very, very, very well-trodden <clears throat> worn out, worn path, but what that simply means is it's, it's a very, very important place in the Bible to be familiar with. I preached on this passage seven different times so far in the in the last uh, coming up on forty years here. I preached on it in nineteen ninety three, nineteen ninety four, nineteen ninety five, two thousand four, two thousand ten, two thousand fifteen, two thousand sixteen. Uh, each sermon was unique. Each sermon was, was, was not a copy of the other, and neither is this one. Each sermon was different. It just shows you that how many thoughts there are to be preached in this one passage, how rich this passage is. I was fishing in Bismarck, North Dakota back uh, in May, and I was meditating I really enjoy getting out and away, and God seems to come with creativity to me. And the phrase, there's a phrase kept going through my mind, stand, having done all to stand. And it just kept going through my mind, stand, having done all to stand. The question hit me, what is doing all? Have I done all? Are you doing all? Because he said, stand, having done all to stand. Not just stand, but stand, having done all to stand. I want to stand. In the years that I've been saved, I've seen lots of casualties. I've seen fatalities and many wounded in the war that we're waging. We are in a war. We, you know, and as this passage talks about it. But I've seen a lot of fatality. I've seen pre preachers that are now selling used cars and or working in the real estate business. Um, I, I've, I've seen deacons that I saw their picture in the paper for DUI, DWI, that used to be deacons. I've seen some things that really sadden a soul. But these are born-again Christians like I am. And I sure don't want to be one of them. What do you want to be? I don't want to be one of those folks. And how you're going to not be one of those folks is stand having done all to stand, because those people somehow, some another, didn't do all. They wanted to stand, but they didn't do all that they needed to do to stand. I want to stand for Jesus all the way home. I want to stand in the heat of the day and in the cold of the night. I want to stand when the wind is still and when it's blowing like a hurricane. I want to stand when I'm popular and when no one likes me or comes to hear me speak. 
I want to stand when the church is growing like crazy or receding like crazy. I want to stand when there's no resistance at all and when all hell breaks loose on me. I want to stand when I'm at peace and I want to stand when there's no peace. I want to stand when I feel good physically and I want to stand when I feel like dying physically. I want to stand when I'm tearless and I want to stand when I cannot talk because of tears. I want to stand in a cool shade and I want to stand in the fire. I want to stand, having done all to stand. Let's read the passage, 10 through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. There it is. Mentioned four different times. Against the wiles, the literal wiles of the devil. Wow. Interesting that he holds you responsible in some degree for standing. I get a kick out of this. Say, well, if God don't let me stand, I'm not going to stand. That's not the Bible. That's not the Bible. He said, you put on, right? The you's understood there, right? I mean, you see that, right? It's understood. It's you be strong. That's an understood you there. Finally, you be strong. You need to gut up and take it by the grace of God. Don't be some whimpering little sissy boy or sissy girl for Jesus. But be strong in the Lord. Take your beating. Take what comes. Put on the whole armor. Now the whole armor, I won't comment on that yet, but I will. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual thing, isn't it? But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, that's a swamp spiritually. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Mentioned twice there about the whole armor of God. Obviously compared against the partial. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded, and this starts about where to put loins girded about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I like this above all, above what I just said there, take the shield of faith, wherewith thou shalt be able to quench the, all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance, supplication for all saints. I see here a simple outline. Verse 10, I see the challenge. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. You know, we all need to be challenged. Uh, don't, the biggest thing I've seen sometimes when people uh, are challenged and they're doing well and they'll step away from a challenge or maybe retire from a challenge, and they, 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 uh, they float around. It they, they almost takes them out of, out of their balance and, and, and throws them off 
off. They, here they may have been 50 years in a real solid ministry of work and doing good, and they got to give that up. Whatever you do, I like what my dad used to say, don't retire on God. You can't retire on God. I like old Billy Sunday said, I'm going to fight the devil till I don't have any teeth, and then I'm going to gum him. Don't get mad at the preacher for challenging you and for, keep, and for continually challenging you. You need it, desperately need it. There are very few self-standing or self-motivated people. God uses preachers and other Christians and the Bible itself to motivate us to higher ground. It challenges us to what we consider to be impossible things, pushes us to the light. I believe it is when a... Uh, dolphin has her little baby. She has it live. I'm talking about a porpoise. And the dolphin or poor little baby porpoise comes out in the water and mama gets up under and pushes it to the surface so it can breathe. Pushes it to the air. And so it's been known that people that were drowning have been saved by porpoise because they get up under them and push them up to the top so they can be saved. Now, they I know a porpoise's radar or sonar, I guess it is, can tell whether you're breathing or not, breathing air or not. I have, I've had some wild experiences diving with them. Almost, you almost feel like you can communicate with them. No, 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 no. I mean, it's, it's it, the way their eyes look at you and stuff. And wow, it's a crazy thing. But you hear the sound. Their sound beats on you so hard. It's right in the middle of your head and stereo because it's hitting your skeletal. And it's going into you, and they're sounding on you real hard to see what you are, you know. I was just hoping they didn't not like me. Because they'd kill you in a heartbeat. Uh, we need to push to the light. We're, we are challenged to be strong and to be in his power. Because you can't do this thing without God. It's a partnership. We're partners together with God. We're, we're put together. We're putting our hands together with God. You'll fail miserably without God. I will too. We need his power. I remember a few years ago, this happened to me a few times in life. I was standing outside, minding my own business, and a honeybee fell on the ground right in front of me. And, you know, and I got down and looked at it, and it was, I almost thought it could talk to me. No, no, no. The honeybee was sitting there, and he was—he tried to fly. He go, uh, drop, uh, drop. I said, "Oh, you're out of gas." And so I took a Coca-Cola I had, and I took a, wrote more a little on my finger, and went down to the face of that honeybee. And boy, as soon as he sensed it, that was sugar, man. He just, they stick their little tongue out there, and they drank that thing. He drank a, a quite a bit of Coke. I thought that's the first that's the first he's ever had that out bad. He sat there, shook himself, thanked me, and he flew off. I mean flew off like brand new. That caffeine really helped him out. You know, it's not just the sugar. He got an old shot of a little caffeine. He went back to Hyman and said, I don't know, I don't know what I have, but we gotta go back for some more. I had four hives of bees in St. Carlos Park, of all places. 
and uh, I learned a little bit about honeybees. But we get that way with God. We need his power daily, or we're going to fail like that little honeybee and not be able to fly and not be able to do what God wants us to do. Fall on our face, too weak to get up. And so we have a challenge. God challenges us to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The second thing in verse 11, we see the solution. Now, wait a minute, preacher. You haven't even showed us the problem. Look, I just preach it. I don't make it up. We see the solution before the problem. He gives us a solution. He challenges us, gives us a solution, then tells us what the problem is. Usually it's the, it's the problem or the challenge, the problem, the solution. But no, not this, not this passage. He says, put on the Lord, put on the whole armor of God. You may be able to stand against the wiles, the wiles of the devil. Boy, I, I, that always gives me that word wiles, crazinesses. The writer assumes that the whole armor of God is available to us. You've got to just want it and put it on. God will protect you like armor protects a soldier. Um, I mean, if you don't know that you need armor in, this Christian, in your Christian life, you're going to be a victim rather than a victor. Because this is one dangerous place to live as a born-again Christian. Why? Because this is not our home. Who owns this place? Jesus even said, this is, the, this is the hour of darkness. This was their hour. And had his way with them. Paul uses in this passage here under the Holy Spirit, his first against, as you'll see in verse 11, able to stand against. That word against is used six times in this passage. In this, these these short eight verses, he uses it six times. So what's that tell us? The word against means there's resistance to living for Jesus in, the, in this world. Armor, if you take God's whole armor and put it on, it will save you just like it saves our soldiers and just like it saves soldiers down through the centuries. It'll help you. So we have a, but you know what we got? We got a whole group of spiritual streakers. What is that? Well, we got a whole bunch of people that put on the helmet of salvation, but they didn't—they don't wear any other clothes. And they're walking around with a helmet on, naked as a jaybird. If a jaybird is naked, I've never seen one, but I don't know. But you know what I'm talking about. How many people we got out there? I'm saved, but they got nothing else. I'm telling you here, and I'm telling you now. If you trusted Christ your Savior, that's the beginning, not the ending. Oh, I'm saved. My name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. Yes, but you need to put on the whole arm. That's why the preacher asked you to come Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, uh, Sunday school, listen to Doc Crabb, because we know something. We believe the Bible. We know what it, we know what it says. No wonder so many Christians get slaughtered, defeated. No wonder they go around telling people Christianity doesn't work. It's powerless because they never put on the whole armor. They put on the helmet of salvation, ran around, and, and, and they were slain. The devil came up to them. They weren't even a contest. In verse 12, now we see the problem. So you're challenged. You got the solution to the whole armor of God. 
Why do you do all that? Well, here it is, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The five against, if you look in that verse, there's five of them in this verse alone, against spiritual powers, against high-level rulers, against great power, against the kingdom of darkness, against spiritual wickedness. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, Satan is the God of this world. Jesus is not the God of this world. And it says there that in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them that believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine into them. And ultimately they could be saved. Amen. If you pray, pray that the powers of darkness in our area are broken. Pray that the strong man is bound. Pray that the blinding power of the dem demonic principalities, powers, and thrones in our area is stopped and that the people of our area can see their precarious situation, that someday they're standing before God to answer for their own sin and that they need Jesus as their Savior. And if they don't see that, they're going to die and go to a place called hell without Christ. Having a church available or the Bible available at every hand. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 19, the whole world lieth in wickedness. John 16, 11 says, the, the, the saint is the prince of this world. Ephesians 2, 2 says, he's the prince and power of the air. <clears throat> Excuse me. Brother, you and I have an enemy. What's the problem? Why do we need to put the armor on? You got an enemy. He wants to kill you tonight. He wants to eliminate you from the kingdom of God. And he can't eliminate you ultimately from the kingdom of God. But he can eliminate your witness. I mean, if he kills you, your witness is pretty much over. Or if he causes you to run off on your woman or run off on your man, or to be down there to foxy ladies, or 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 to get into pornography, or or to or to or to uh, to be dishonest with your business dealings, and he can ruin your reputation by your behavior. He also has nullified you, because nobody's going to believe you. No, they won't. You have an enemy. He's real. He's powerful. You're in his domain. We are in his world. We are in his world. We're in his domain. And the majority of people are in his team. We see in verse 13 the action. Well, you know you got an enemy. You know he's powerful. You know he rules this place. It says in verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand. If you get sloppy, you get defeated. You get hurt, you get wounded, you get taken out. Don't just do something. Put on the whole armor. I can't tell you how many people get born again through the years and want to just live a partial Christian life. Just a partial Christian. They want to go to heaven. They want the blessings of God. They respect the Bible, but they really do not want to dedicate 
themselves to God. They don't want to give up parts of their life that they enjoy that God says, I, I want your whole life. You know where Paul said, what I preached a week or two ago, I'm a debtor. Romans, 4, Romans 1.14, I'm a debtor. Man, when Jesus saved me, he got everything. I didn't have much to give, but he got whatever I had. He wants me to, he wants me to, brother, he wants me to give him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm giving it to him. He's got it. He wants my money. He's got it. He wants whatever little talent I have. He's got it. I'll never be able to pay him back. I'm a debtor. I love it. Then he comes and he helps you. Man, I need to, you need to drive a stake down here to help you. This will help you. Make this a must in your life. Schedule it. Make it a rule of law in your home. Put on the whole armor of God. What is the armor? Verse 14 through 18 is the armor. We see it's protection of your loins. That's this area. This area here, your loins. You got a breastplate, the chest. You got your feet protected, shod with the gospel. Got a helmet of salvation. That's your protection, right? So you protect your loins, your chest, your feet, and your head. Then you have parts that are movable. He says uh, you have a shield. That, that can kind of protect the other parts. But then you get an offensive weapon. I don't want just defense, brother. My, my dad used to say the best defense is a good offense. He says if you're punching the guy, he's not thinking about hitting you. The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. That's why you get into the Bible. That's why you memorize the Scriptures. That's why you read it through every year. That's why you study it. That's why you come to Sunday school and learn it, church and learn it. And that's why, you, it's, it, that's why during the week you meditate on it, hopefully uh, read on it. It, it just it is all over you. You listen to it like you used to listen to the Rolling Stones. You listen to the Bible like you used to listen to the Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix. And man, when I was wasn't right with God, there wasn't a moment of quiet time in my life. I either had Jimi Hendrix in there, the Led Zeppelin in there, the Beatles in there, the Rolling Stones in there. You young people don't even know who I'm talking about. I understand that. But I mean, I had that rock and roll. That was my Jesus. That was my, my it, just, it just consumed me. <clears throat> when I got saved, Holy Spirit came and said, Billy, that's, that's no good. That's going to draw you back into the world. I took them old eight-track tapes. About that many. And got rid of them. Just like ripping my heart out. Yeah. I said, it's okay. I'll give it to you. Oh, I said, by the way, that smoking you're doing, that's not going to work for me. Because he says if you destroy, I've given you your body, and if you destroy it, uh, that's not a good thing. And so I said, i got to quit smoking. Yeah, I knew it. So I said, boy, I mean, it was like trying to cast a demon out. I failed a hundred times. My wife and I, we both smoked, and we were like made a covenant about not smoking together. Then we cheated and lied on each other. The only time my wife's ever lied to me, that, well, that I know about, is when she, about smoking of all things. Remember that, Kathy? Get up, confess it, girl, confess it. 
You don't picture the preacher's wife smoking Winston. Winston tastes good. I remember that. That's right. And we quit smoking. And then we were drinking too, and you know, Holy Spirit came by and said, you know, Bill, that drinking, that's not going to go. That's not going to work for me. Okay. That was pretty easy. And we were smoking marijuana. I was. Pretty heavily. I'd make marijuana cigars like about that long, but they'd be around. And I thought, man, I, he said, that, that marijuana, that ain't going to work for me. I said, okay. That was easy. Quit marijuana. It was easy. Compared to smoking, everything else was easy. But he was revolutionizing me. I was being gutted like a fish. And what was he doing? He was preparing me to work through me. And I had to put the armor of God on. And he was, he was warning me about these things that were making me vulnerable to temptation. And vulnerable to the principalities and thrones and dominions. Which, by the way, I wasn't even aware of this verse. When I got right with God, I wasn't even aware of this verse. I didn't know it was in the Bible. I didn't know the Bible very well. I went to Bob Jones and 18 years old, took a test. They make you take a test to go in a New Testament survey. I was so dumb. They ask you to list the 66 books. I listed 20 of them. I have no idea what order. I'm not even sure. I may have made up a couple books. I think there's a book of Hezekiah in there somewhere. I took an English test, went to the dumb, dumb head English. So I was in a dumb head English and a dumb head New Testament. Yeah, we had a lot of company, by the way. And then he gave me a great communication. Then I like at the end of this verse 18, it says, with all prayer. Now, what is that about? You've been in the military, communication is everything. Brother, if you don't have good communication, you're shooting your own man. More people die, too many people die of friendly fire. Imagine World War II when they didn't have, they're putting men up on the shore and putting men up on the shore and putting men up on the shore, and they don't have really good communication with each other. Pretty soon they're bombing their own people if they're not careful. My dad said them, them 18-inch guns on them, on those ships or 16-inch guns or whatever they were, they would be in their foxhole at night, and the Japanese would be yelling, Bonsai! Bonsai! And they'd crawl on their belly with a knife in their mouth and try to kill the soldiers in the foxhole. It was pitch black. And they were constantly putting flares up and having to come down trying to... And if they caught somebody out of the... Out, if you were caught out of your foxhole, you were shot. Weren't asking any questions. And he says that them ships in the behind them were launching them. They weighed as much as a Volkswagen uh, a, a car over the top of their head. And they, they made a special sound, he said, as they launched over the top of their head on their Japanese positions. And he just prayed. He wasn't a Christian. He didn't know what to pray, but he said, I hope they don't fall short. I hope the guy that's figuring, calculating the powder load on sending that thing over here is not going to make a mistake on us. Those were 1,000-pound, I think, shells, some crazy thing. Communication is everything. I can't tell you how many books on prayer. Everybody in, in, that knows anything about being a Christian will say almost, they'll all, will all agree on this. You rise and fall on prayer. 
You'll rise and fall on prayer or fall. You have to have good communication with God. I hope you communicate before you go to bed. I hope you communicate when you get up at night. I hope you communicate early and this first thing in the morning. I hope you talk to God before you talk to your wife. I hope you communicate when you're in your truck, a vehicle, moving down the road. I hope you communicate when, before, you know, when you have, but don't just wait till the problem comes, folks. Communicate to God all the time, everywhere. That's what it means by being constantly in season for prayer, you know. Praying without ceasing. And look, it says, with supplication for all saints. Man, pray for everybody that you can. There's a limit. There's a limit, physical limit. Physical limit. Because then, when you're in communication with God, he'll tell you how strong the enemy is, where you need to move, how you need to overcome him, where you need to fight, when you need to fight, and when to run. Man knows to know. You got to know when to hold them and when to fold them. You need to know when it's time to move out and move in. And the Holy Spirit will let you know all that. He's going to help you. Stand, folks, stand. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. May God help us. Take the gospel in faith, bathe in prayer around those that you live by. I, I deeply am encouraged, uh, and I did know that, but I had forgotten that, that you guys were doing visiting in your own neighborhood. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. What a wonderful thing. Imagine, he's moving out to Lancaster, I believe it is. You're moving in some neighborhood, and, and, and just think, they don't know you're coming, but they're going to be happy you did when you tell them about Jesus. Somebody's going to get saved in your neighborhood. You're going to say, hey, I'm glad you came. I am so glad somebody came to my mom and dad's house and took their time on Thursday night to talk to them about Jesus. I'm so glad. I'm so glad they did. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the very wiles of the devil. Father, help us to be more than conquerors for him that loved us. Father, move tonight as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.